Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Jason McGay. Good morning. I'm expecting a meal too, a meal of God's word, amen? Amen. Well, it is my privilege and honor this morning to bring the word of the Lord to you, which I'm excited about. And um, we're going to be talking about the body today. You might be thinking, my physical body? Well, maybe, but no, we're going to be talking about the body of Christ today. And what it means to be a part of the body. So, if you don't mind, I'm sure you don't. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, look with me there in verse 15. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15. And it's a question. I'm just going to read the first part for now. This whole little segment here is really good, and we're going to possibly read that the whole thing a little bit later on. But first, we're just going to read the first part of verse 15. It says this, Do you not see and know that your bodies are members of Christ? Such an interesting question. Do you not see and know that your bodies are members of Christ? All right, keep your finger there. I know if you have an electronic Bible, it's difficult to keep your finger there. But uh, turn with me also then. Uh, Still in 1 Corinthians, but let's go over to chapter 12. And let's look at verse 27. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 27. Now this is how the Amplified puts this verse here, so... I'll read it to you in this amplified version here. It says this, Now you, collectively, are Christ's body, and individually, you are members of it. Each part, severally and distinct, each with its own place and function. This is a good verse. I'm just going to read it one more time so you can hear it. Now you, collectively, are Christ's body, and individually, You are members of it, each part severally and distinct, each with its own place and function. So I don't know if you've ever woken up in the morning and thought, I am a member of Christ's body today. (laughs) That's that's not something we, right? There is one in our midst who has. That's not something that we commonly think about. Uh, We might consider ourselves church members, but being a church member is not the same thing as being a member of the body of Christ, because there are a lot of people that religiously go to church, but are not members of the body, because they go, they've never been born again, they go because it's what their grandparents did, their parents did, and we've just been raised this way, so we go to church, because that's what, you know, good people 
people do. They have some sort of moral foundation, some sort of moral compass that guides their lives, and Christianity uh, puts forth a good moral uh, set of values, and we want to have that in our family life, so we go to church. But that's not the same thing as being a part of the body of Christ. In order to be a part of the body of Christ, you have to be born again. Born again, which means the inside of you gets recreated by God's own spirit when you've accepted as your own the sacrifice of Jesus' own blood on the cross and have made him the Lord of your life. Something happens in that moment where you are, from that moment forward, never alone again. Amen. Never alone again. You know, there are people in the world that have many, many friends and are still alone. That's right. Very true. You know, one of the things about social media is that it helps people feel connected to others. That's why it's so addictive. It's because this sense of belonging to something bigger than myself. And so there's such a draw with social media because... It's like I, I feel connected to people. I like to know what's going on. They know what's going on. They can make a comment or this or that. And there's this sense of, sense of interaction that allows people to be connected. But who knows that even with social media, there is, it's at arm's length. Right? Because if they say something you don't like, you just delete that. <laughs> they have really no you know, influence in your, in your life, really. You know, oh, I don't like this person. Block this person. They're done. Thank you. Cut off from, you know. So the, the world has a lot of social structures that way that give the illusion of belonging. The illusion of never being alone. You're a part of something. But real belonging begins in the body of Christ. Because we are connected and we are connected in a way that the world can never be connected to itself. The world, is like, uh, uh, the world is like branches that have been cut off and lying in a pile on the ground. They're not connected. They're in a pile, but they're not connected. In the body of Christ, we are connected to the vine. Amen. And we are all connected to that one vine, Jesus Christ. And so we all belong. And we are connected to one another. Through the vine. You are not a sub-branch on someone else's branch. You're not. There's no such thing in the body of Christ, just so you know. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is you can't ride the coattails of someone else's faith and get into heaven that way. You can't, you can't ride the coattails of... Christian life and that be just, you know, the overflow, the spillover from someone else's Christianity that spills over because they're overflowing and you're just kind of under the spout where the, the, that little bit of extra comes out and you get blessed because you're standing close by them. That is not Christian living. Amen. You are not a sub-branch of someone else's branch. Come on. You, if you've been born again, are connected to the vine, hallelujah. You yourself have a direct connection to the living one, the one who is raised from the dead, that one, the one who is alive. And because he lives, you also live, the Bible says. 
So he becomes the very source and strength of your life when you're connected to him. But guess what? You're not the only one. There's not only one branch on that vine. All of us are connected to that same vine as branches. And we are connected together. And all of us draw our life from that vine. Hallelujah. All of us, hallelujah. So, I want to talk to you a little bit today about what that means to be a part of the body of Christ. In that, we don't just... See, I like the fact that the Bible uses terms like the body. Because it gives us such a really good illustration. You know, when you woke up this morning, you didn't have to put your body parts together. (laughs) Now... Some may feel that way. Right? But you didn't have to put your body parts together to get up and come to church today. Right? It's fitly joined together. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we see things like we go to church because that's what we do. That's what good Christians do. They go to church. But I'm here to tell you, this, is, this service here that we're doing, that we're in the middle of right now, this service is merely a construction so that we can do something together. The service is not the body of Christ. Oh, I'm part of the body. Why? Because I go to church. Actually, no. Actually, no. The, the service that we do here on a Sunday morning and the other things that we do here in and of itself is not the body. You are a part of the body. I am a part of the body. And we are connected together through Jesus Christ. That's how we're connected together. Now, the body gets together and we do something. And that's church on Sunday morning and other things that we do here. But just because we have a service doesn't mean we're a body. Right? Just because we have a service doesn't mean that we're the body of Christ, just because we have a service together. There are lots of people that get together and have a service. Yeah, have all kinds of services. But that is not what makes us the body. Hallelujah. What makes us the body is because we are connected to the head and to each other. That's what makes us the body. We have, all of us have family, right? And we have connections to our family, some a little bit more distant than others, and sometimes for good reasons. But (laughs) we all have family. And I want you to think about for a moment the bond that you have with your family. Now, in some cases with the bond of family, I, that's a big subject, you know, you just feel it in the room as soon as you start talking about family, right? Yeah, cast your burdens upon the Lord, thank you. But you think about all the different types of relationships that you have with family. What makes it that way is the kind of relationships that you have. And the world has different definitions of what is a family, what's not a family, and this and that, which I'm not interested in getting into today. 
What I am interested in is the fact that there are relationships that bring you together. And the thing is, is in the world, you don't get to choose your family members to a certain degree. Now, these days, you get to. And I say get to. There is an aspect of being able to choose who you marry. And so that sense, you get to choose your family members. But, you know, with your brothers and sisters, you didn't get to choose them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And think about it with your, with your siblings, right? You think about your siblings and the fact that yeah, when you're little, maybe you're just a little kid and your little baby brother or sister is born. And you're like, oh, mom, can we put that one back? You hear all sorts of little comments like that, right? I don't like this one. This one's a girl. I wanted a boy, right? All sorts of little things like that. But the fact is, is that you don't get to choose your siblings. You don't get to choose. And in, there are both, both aspects in the body of Christ. In the sense that there are Christians that you didn't get to choose, whether they were your brothers and sisters in the Lord or not. They are. You didn't get to choose that one. But the fact that you are part of the family is because you chose to be a part. Yeah. You chose to be a part of this family. And that's what it is. It is God's family. He is the father of all of the believers. He is their father. He doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. It, it's true. If you're born again, God is your father, and you are his child. You're not like grandchild somewhere down the line, twice removed or whatever that is. You know? If you're twice removed from the, from the family of God, well, I don't know. I'm sure there's some scriptures in here that talk about that, but we're not going there today. But the fact of the matter is that we belong in the body. And that's where we find our sense of belonging. Because we don't find it anywhere else. We don't find that, that connectedness the way you, you don't find it out in the world. You only find it in the body. And regardless of where we've come from and our backgrounds... You know, regardless of all those things, they mean very little when it comes to being a part of the body. Because it's not based on your upbringing, your social circumstances, you know, your, your economic circumstance. It, it's not based on your background. What country you come from has nothing to do with that. The Bible calls the body of Christ as called out from the world. So from all of the world, in all of its backgrounds, all of its different ethnicities, there are people that are called out from that to belong in God's, in Jesus' body, to belong in the family of God. And the thing is, as long as we try to relate to each other on the basis of things that are physical and natural, social, economical, in the body, we will never find a place of true belonging. Because we're not connected on that basis. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? Sometimes we tend to do that when... Um, I know that, that people look for places, for churches, 
where they have a sense of belonging. But I believe that if, if people are, are looking for a place to belong in church, they're not really looking for things like, well, does it have a good kids program? And, you know, the service should be probably about like an hour, hour, 15 minutes in length. And, you know, I, I need, there should be ample parking. I don't want to have to walk, you know, three blocks to get to church. And, you know, I, I would really, you know, I, the chair should be relatively comfortable because if I have to sit there for an hour and 15 minutes, I, my, my bottom needs to be happy. Right, so you know, and just things like that, and but but that's not belonging to the body. You might be considering your physical body and how long you can sit there for, but that's not about belonging to the body. I believe that people who are looking and wanting to belong to the body, they're looking for something very specific. Where am I welcomed? Where am I accepted? Where do I fit? Where do I get to be me and that's okay? They're looking for that. Now, you're not going to find that in the world. Because in the world, it is if you want to fit in, you need to be like this square over here or this circle over here. Then you can fit. And sometimes people get the circle and the square mixed up and they're trying to fit, you know, square peg in a round hole. So, but that's not the body of Christ. You belong because you belong to someone. And that someone is Jesus. You belong in the body and you fit here because you belong to Jesus and he put you in here. So he has a place for you where you fit in the body. Regardless of what shape you are, amen, that's good. That's right. You fit in the body of Christ. You belong somewhere in his body. I just feel like saying that over and over again because sometimes we don't, we don't really hear that. But I know that that's the heart cry of God's people, especially those that haven't known what it means to belong to the body. And unfortunately, a lot of churches have done, have done what the world has done, is if you need to fit into this square, this is how we do church, this is how a service goes, this is what our people are like, we're squares apparently, I'm drawing squares, but this is how things are and you need to fit into this mold of what it means to be in our church, then you can fit in. I can just imagine God, our Father, his heart in the matter. When he never put those restrictions on anybody to belong to the body. And here we are in church putting those restrictions on one another. And people miss out on what it means to belong to the family of God because of the restrictions that we've placed on one another. And God the Father says, I never said any of that. I never did any of that. And all he wants is for you to come and belong to, what he's, to his family, to be a part of what he's done for you. I can tell you, when I stand before the Lord on that last day, I don't want to have to say, I put restrictions as to who can and cannot be included in my circle. 
Now, I know in the society we're living in today, you have your little social bubble that you're allowed. <laughs> but it isn't that way in God's family. It's not that way in his family. I hope you're hearing me. I, I really hope that you're hearing what I'm telling you. There is no higher and lower in the family of God. Now, we have positions of authority in order to serve one another with God's authority. But there is no greater and lesser in the sense of... And let me tell you this. As long as we're deciding who is, we ain't. As long as we think we know what the measuring stick of, ooh, this is super Christian. Look how awesome they are. I can tell you that if you're measuring that way, you don't know what it is. Because, you know, the, the, the Jewish people had promises concerning what the Messiah, the real super Christian, would look like. And they had promises in the word. And they measured him wrong. They had a description in the Old Testament of what what he should look like, well, how he should be, and they still got it wrong. He's standing right in front of them saying, those verses point to me. You won't even come to me and have life because they measured him the wrong way and ended up rejecting him as a result. And I sure hope that we're not doing that with one another, measuring one another according to standards that we have set up that we think are scriptural and yet we're judging one another and rejecting each other when really that's the one who God has approved. Amen. In all seriousness, that is what happened with their own Messiah, the one sent to deliver them. The one sent to save them they thought just from, you know, uh, foreign oppressors over their country. And now they can have, their king would come and they would have a time of everlasting peace and prosperity. And yet the one who came didn't come the way that they were expecting. And because they didn't come, their own Messiah didn't come the way they were expecting, so they missed him. Totally missed him. They're expecting some you know, military general to come in with his commanding army, the army under his command with the angels of God, and come in and just, you know, knock those Romans off their high horse, so to speak, and set up his kingdom in the midst of them. They're looking for someone who looked like King David. They're looking for someone like that. And yet they totally missed Jesus because he didn't come that way. He's born in a, in a manger, right? Born in a manger. He didn't come the way that they thought. How many people in our lives God has sent to us to bring something to us that would help us, that saves us, delivers us, heals us in some way, but they didn't come the way that we were expecting. They didn't look the way that we thought they would look. Yeah. 
They didn't dress the way that they thought. They didn't speak the way that we thought. They didn't act the way they figured we figured they should act. And we missed what God had for us that we desperately needed in our lives. Because we're looking on the outside and not looking on the heart the way that God does. There is, uh, I've been blessed and privileged in my life more than once. But there's one thing that stands out. I'm, I'm looking for the right way to come up, just to say certain things. Because I don't want to talk bad about others. But I will say this. In, in younger years, as a, as a teenager growing up in church, I've, I've seen church. I've seen some well-intentioned people, but I've seen a whole lot of churchianity. You know what I mean by that? And I didn't find much there. I, I found well-intentioned people. And at one point, the Lord brought someone into my life that most people rejected. And they rejected because this person didn't talk the way that they thought they, this person should. They didn't look the way. They didn't act. They, they carried themselves in a way that seemed to be lower on the scale of our Christian scale of acceptable people. Lower on the scale. And uh, I didn't know any better. So I just listened and started hearing things about who God is and what he's done for us that I hadn't heard before. It was absolutely a moment of, of real change in me. It was God blessing me because I accepted this person. Now, I say that. I kind of had to because they're related to me. But, <laughs> but, I didn't have to listen to what they said. But I heard something that I had not heard before. And from that little seed of word that was planted grew this great harvest of truth and revelation from the Bible that I had never seen before. Opened my eyes to things concerning the richness and reality of spiritual things about what God has done for us. Things that I had never heard before. And it absolutely changed my life. It is a foundational, cornerstone aspect of what God has built in me. But it didn't come the way that most people would expect. And I can tell you this person was not well received by many people because of how this person looked on the outside, how they acted outwardly, their, their individual personality. And too often we judge God's stuff based on us, the representatives in our personality types. And as long as we're looking to fit together based on our personalities, we won't. And we're not meant to fit together based on personality types. It was never meant to be that way. Never meant to be that way. 
one of the other things, the, one of the other blessings that came about from this is I, was, uh, I became a part of a home group that grew into a church. And I saw something there. And what I saw was what it means to belong in the family of God. I had never seen that anywhere else. I saw what it meant to have everything in common. What it means to pray for one another. What it means to forgive and not judge. What it means to support one another. What it means... And, and, not just because the pastor decided that to have, we're going to have a week of prayer and fasting. It's not because of that. It's not because of some program that the church was running. It was because we belonged together. We'd hang out together. We'd eat meals together. We'd read the Bible and pray together and worship God together. Everything we did, we did together. And the awesome thing about it, it was not cliquey. We didn't reach our maximum and go, that's it, and draw the circle around. <laughs> and then everyone else who comes in, they're held at arm's distance because they don't fit. There, there was nothing like that. Anyone who walked through the door, you're absolutely welcome. Come eat with us. Come ha- spend some time with us. Come hang out with us. Let's go do stuff. You know why? Because the outflow of God's love pushed all the junk away. And mercy really did triumph over judgment. It was an outflow of God's love for one another. And that love covers a multitude of sins. Absolutely covers over all of those things. That doesn't mean the same things excuse and just be like, oh no, there's nothing there. It's not about that. It's about loving one another in spite of all of those things that we see that are, don't line up to what the Bible says. But I love you instead. I love you anyway. Not because, it's not based on those things. But in loving one another, those things get pushed out. Those things get removed. You know, there are, there are things in our lives that we can all say, you know, I'm working on this. I'm not. And we want to be treated a certain way because we're concerned about ourselves. And we put up certain parameters. You've got to treat me this way. We have expectations on how to be treated. Expectations of what that's supposed to look like. And why? Because we're guarded on the inside. We have this little bit of a distance. And people can get so close based on how well they fulfill that little square box. Well, you're like this, so I'll let you in a little ways more than I will others. Because that's safe for me. And people that live with hurt and that live with pain and that live in a place of, of, of a wound that never heals. Live in a place where they've put up protections to keep themselves from being hurt once again. But I'm telling you that in the body of Christ, 
the love of God has a way of breaking through all of that junk to get through to the heart of the person and not fix them. Not first. Love them first. You're accepted. You belong. We're, we're together in this thing. You and I are brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we are together in this, and I will do for you as if I was you. I'll do for you as if I was you, and I will be a strength to you and a help to you and a support to you first. And in that place, from that fountain, from that stream, comes all of the love and and strength of God to cleanse all that other stuff out of the way. After, after you've been accepted. It's a terrible thing to watch a fisherman try to clean fish before he catches them. And say, well, you know, I'm going to clean this fish first, and then it's accepted into my boat. Because I don't want to contaminate my boat with some unclean fish. Huh? Yeah, you ain't going to catch any fish that way. You're going to be one lonely fisherman. Yeah. This might sound a little strong, but please hear my heart in it. We talk about the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. We talk about that. But do we believe it to the point where we believe we can come in contact with those that are unclean and not fear being contaminated? Because we ourselves have the blood of Jesus at work cleansing from within. And that cleansing works its way out to cleanse those around us? Do we believe that? Did you know in the Old Testament that if something unclean came into contact with the holy altar of God, it didn't contaminate the holy altar? Whatever came in contact with it became holy. And you are that altar unto God. And whatever comes into contact with you should be made holy. Now, you're not the one going and making it so. He is the one who's making it so. Our job is not to fix one another. Our job is to love one another and let God fix each other. He knows how to do it better than you and I do. Absolutely he does. I know it sounds like I'm preaching a sermon to you this morning, but I'm not. I'm trying to share with you, with, the, with all the help from the Spirit of God that I know how to cooperate with, uh, what it means to belong in the body together. Like, you need to know that we pray for one another here. You need to know that when something is going on and it comes up on the, on the prayer request chat group, that it's not just, amen, and then off we go. There are those of us that are praying, believing God will intervene in your situation, that God will help you. There are those of us that get woken up in the middle of the night to pray for you. And we might come to you the next day and go, what's going on with you? 
but it's because we love you and we've been praying for you and we want you to succeed. Huh? It happens. You're laughing because it happens. But this is the thing, is that you belong because you are like Christ unto us. You understand what I mean by that statement? You are Christ's own body. I mean, I can't see him right now. He's in the heavenlies. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. I can't see him, but I can see you. And the Bible says that you belong to him and that you are a part of his body. So the way that we treat one another is a reflection of how we value him. It absolutely is. Absolutely it is. Because we think it would be different if Jesus was standing right here. But I'm telling you, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. Because he lives in every one of us who's born again. He's there. And if you think it would be different just because he was there, then you're living only by what you see and not by what you believe. That doesn't please God. Please hear my heart in this. I want you to hear that you are not by yourself. Sitting here in a service, hoping that God will touch your life so that things might change. He loves you. He can do that, and he does do that. But what he really wants is for his hands and feet, the body of Christ, to reach out and touch your life. But if you've been guarded and off by yourself, then the very thing he's trying to do to reach you, you haven't received because you've been looking at people instead of looking to him. The very deliverance that's there for you, that he wants to bring into your life, You've dismissed it and rejected it because you're looking at the person, the vehicle through which it comes, and said, well, I don't like that car. I don't like that vehicle. Forgetting about who's in it. You know, if Jesus drove up in a broken-down Volkswagen, and I knew Jesus was in the car, I'm not too concerned about the broken-down Volkswagen. Why do you think he came riding into the Jerusalem on a donkey? I heard a, a funny story, funny comment about what that donkey must have thought. <laughs> that donkey that Jesus rode in on into Jerusalem and everyone's Hosanna, Hosanna and putting the palm branches down and their cloaks down so that he can, and the donkey's thinking, Wow. I've, I'm coming back to Jerusalem. I've never been treated so good. <laughs> Look at this. What do they do for me here? I must be a big hit in Jerusalem. <laughs> no, you're still just a donkey. <laughs> but how many of us have, you know, had similar opinions of ourselves or others? When it's the one we are carrying... He is king. He's the one. He is the one. And I believe that this body is growing stronger and stronger because we see the value of what God has placed in each one of us as a body. 
we no longer just see individuals. We see Christ. We see the anointed one in each other. And that the way that we treat one another is the way that we treat Christ. I'm telling you, that's Bible. There are a lot of verses that I've been talking to you about that I didn't quote this morning. We looked at two. And there are a whole lot more that say many of these things. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1.